You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. Hello and welcome to another great episode of 80s Revisited. Now, for you guys, it's only been about a little over a week. For us, it's been, what, three weeks now? Because we did all our Star Wars ones in one day. It's great to be back in the seat. Great to be talking to you guys. Great to be back here with Jesse and Daniel, talking about great 80s movies. In case you didn't guess it already, this week, in celebration of the release of Prometheus recently, it's all about Aliens, the second of the quadrilogy plus a prequel now i guess it would be uh i'm one of your hosts trey harris i'm the other daniel san angelo and with us as always is our producer jesse yes i am and uh real quick before we get started as normal we just want to make everybody aware of the other podcasts on the awesome podcast network <laughs> there's geekly dose which features our very own jesse sedgley and tim bridgewater and Stephen nocentelli and you should if you like this podcast uh, our podcast i should say you should definitely check out their recent one they kind of go back to the nostalgia period as well and do a lot of uh, some 80s and 90s cartoons and TV shows and go over that on their latest episodes. So definitely check that out. And the other one is uh, Duo Attack, which is any and everything hero clicks. And uh, Jesse has some nice maps. Uh, Jesse, how can we find that out? These 3D maps I've been oh, hearing a bunch about. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Sigily. It's S-E-I-D-U-L-E. And also have a YouTube channel uh sigily films s-e-i-d-u-l-e films if any of our listeners have played hero clicks or know anything about it you guys need to check out these maps they are amazing yeah there's two videos on that uh station also uh, a little video called light starring our stars here and a couple others from the network tim from geekly so if you want to know what our, if you want to know what we look like <laughs> does this voice match the face check them out that's right but uh, again, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, a couple of housekeeping things real quick. Uh, of course, the last few episodes have been about Star Wars. Daniel saw Star Wars for the first time. Uh, me, personally, it was great. We never in our group of friends have ever watched the original trilogy together, and everybody involved had a great time. I highly recommend, like, you know, if you got a group of friends that just loves those movies or has somebody among you that hasn't seen them, you know, definitely get together and make a day out of it. Uh, we all had a killer time, and it was fun watching them with, you know, a group of friends. Oh, yeah. Mean, so I highly recommend that. But also, in the episode on Star Wars, and you kind of like said something about this too, I think, when we were talking about Return of the Jedi. Uh, the did opening I make a week- mistake? No, I did. Oh. Uh, well, actually, IMDb did. Uh, the opening gross for episode four, I had said, was $30 million and something, which that was the special edition version, not the original, original. version. Yeah. Uh, the original, to clarify, for episode four was $6.8 million opening weekend, not the 30. That was, for some reason... All the other trilogy on IMDb has the original weekend gross, mm. not the special edition. Wait, but so for that one, so the first one only made that opening weekend and ended up being what four hundred and something. Yeah, the number one movie for a while that, of all that, time, and number two of all time. Adjusted. Think of the staying power that had. Oh yeah. I, I, now, now I want to see 
the weekly gross of it. Yeah, the IMDb actually does have that. You can click on yeah, it and like, it'll actually have it by out. a date mm-hmm. and you can see it. Same thing like what you know, Titanic because it started Ty- out. Titanic know, and never really wavered. It just kept yeah. going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, I mentioned how I was getting the body counts. The actual site for anybody who was interested in that, it's moviebodycounts.com. That's the exact site. Uh, and funny story too, trying to find the a, a body count for aliens was ridiculously hard. No sites had it. I, well, actually, one site, one obscure site, and I guess I should have wrote it down so I could sum up this story with it. But I was, the night we, we actually watched it together, we watched, and for everybody listening, we watched the special edition on Blu ray. If you haven't seen these movies on Blu ray, you're missing out. It's like watching them for the first time. The transfers are so clear. But anyway, like, I was actually considering thinking I'd have to sit down and, like, keep a tally <laughs> as we're watching the movie. It only takes two hours. Two and, and a half. Hours, hours, yeah. <laughs> and what if I miss one? Then it's off. No, but, uh,. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing Aliens this time. Uh, of course, Prometheus just recently came out. Aliens was released on July 18th, 1986. I was six years old. Daniel, you were, what, a little oh. over two? Or oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, 86? Yeah, I was two. You were two, so you, didn't, you definitely didn't see that one on opening weekend. Me, me neither, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The budget for Aliens was $18.5 million. Pretty nice-sized budget for that time. That was the main, one of the main questions I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. And uh, opening weekend was $10 million. The worldwide gross was 131 million. Domestic gross was only 85 million. Mm. Which honestly, I was surprised at the the overall gross because this is a highly revered science fiction movie. I expected mm. it to be at least in the, over 200 million. You see it most you know, top top 10 list. Yeah, in I mean terms it's an iconic movie. I mean movies, both yeah. Alien and Aliens are mm. iconic in horror and in the action genre. I mean, yeah. honestly, I mean the best action movie of the 80s, in my opinion, is probably Aliens. Yeah. You know. So uh, I was kind of shocked about that. It was number seven for the year. And, of course, we've talked about several 1986 movies, Big Trouble, Top Gun. Top Gun was the number one grossing movie of 86. Uh, and like we kind of joked before, 86 is almost like a renaissance of 80s movies with such um, Labyrinth came out, which, by the way, we're doing Labyrinth next week, everybody. Little teaser there. Uh, but just so many movies came out in 86. Classics that are you know still revered and looked back Huge upon as being here, yeah. big, uh, influential movies as well. Uh, IMDb rating uh, for Aliens is 8.5. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, much like I believe, uh, I think it was episode four, or I can't, I don't have my, all my notes in front of me, but uh, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. So, you know what that means? It's badass. But, uh, and no stranger to this podcast, the director, James Cameron, of course, Terminator 1, 2, Avatar, Abyss, Titanic, etc., etc. We've already uh, reviewed Terminator. If you guys want to check that out, go look on. For our views on that, uh, written by uh, James Cameron, you know, uh, did the story and the screenplay as well. He alone he did the screenplay, but the story was developed by him, uh, David Giller and Walter Hill. And of course, one of the most iconic female characters in all of cinema, in my opinion, Ellen Ripley, played by the some people's opinion lovely and some people's opinion not Sigourney Weaver. Uh, a little bit more partial to her looking Ghostbusters as opposed to this, uh, but of course she was a Ghostbusters one and two, all the Aliens one through four, and uh, another eighties big eighties movie with Harrison Ford and Melanie Griffith. Working Girl was one of her big ones too. <laughs> Actually. The, the hottest to me she's ever looked was in Galaxy Quest. She looked pretty good as a blonde. I, I, I thought I yeah. thought she's a nice looking blonde. Yeah, I mean I don't think she's unattractive. It's just no, no, you know no, I, I like yeah. I'm a long hair girl. Yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> I'm a long hair. I like long haired <laughs> girls. <laughs> Whoops. We always gotta have one one two of those on each podcast. But, uh, <laughs> we learned a lot about you. But uh, yeah, we're looking at some pictures now. I mean, yeah, and even some other. One. I mean. Yeah. I don't think Third she's bad one, looking at all. And she's got a nice rack, too. I mean, she's built well, you know. <laughs> she can kick your ass, too. I mean, she's got some muscles. Hmm, what podcast is this again? <laughs> <laughs> I 
This is the uh, sexy screen stars of the 80s revisited. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about the sexiest screen stars of the 80s. Um, anyway, but uh, and then Carrie Hen played Newt, and this is pretty much the only movie she was ever in. <laughs> ever. It just, aliens it and scarred her. I'll never beat this. Yeah. I'm out of here. Or maybe she, maybe she was, you know, because of working with aliens, and maybe she was terrified to work anything else. Yeah. And also, no strangers to the podcast, Michael Bean was Hicks. Uh, of course, he was in Terminator, Abyss, Tombstone, and Planet Terror. Uh, and I know you were kind of surprised to see Paul Reiser in it as uh, yeah. Bert. Uh, this movie, like, I've never cared for Paul Reiser to begin with, but this movie, like, I'd hate the dude. Because oh, he's yeah. such a dick and an asshole <clears throat> in this movie. Like, when he dies, I can imagine the people, spoiler, in the theater just <laughs> like, yeah, because he's such an asshole. If he was okay and mad about you, but that's pretty much anything I ever cared for. I mean, him. honestly. This is this and Mad About You is the only thing I've ever known he's done. Like yeah. that's all, if somebody said name, you know, you better name three things that Paul Reiser's been in, I would not be able to do it. I would <laughs> lose. Uh, so don't let that be like the last question on any of our trivia battles from now on, Jesse. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, another Cameron alumni too. Speaking of uh, uh, Lance Henriksen, of course, was Bishop. And he was in mm-hmm. Terminator. Uh, he was in the TV series Millennium. He does a lot of voice work. Recently, he was in uh, one of the voices of Mass Effect 3. He was a villain in oh, nice. the Van Damme classic Hard Target. And, uh, of course, uh, the Stan Winston classic, uh, Pumpkinhead, which uh, Stan Winston directed. And uh, also Stan Winston, of course, did a lot of the effects, the costumes and everything on Aliens. Uh, and then uh, the legendary Bill Paxton as Hudson, <laughs> probably the most memorable character from this movie next to Ripley. Uh, Bill Paxton, of course, Frailty, Twister, Tombstone, Terminator, Near Dark. Uh, and I actually, just, he's another Cameron alumni, too. A lot of the same mm-hmm. names are turning up, and we'll actually get into that a little more, too. But what are you going to say? I wish we could see Private Hudson's character through a bunch of different actors just to see how <laughs> they would portray it. Like we were talking about uh, who Nicolas Cage. Oh, if yeah. he was <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, or I mean, Jeff Goldblum one. Yeah, yeah well, it's uh, actually, it's, I think uh, the, game, game uh, the game might actually uh, be over or something here. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> Send us your impressions kind of like at Stewart 80s one. Revisited. <laughs> yes. At gmail.com. Well, I'll get him over. Oh, shit. Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say Mr. Something else and that wasn't Jimmy Stewart. Now, like, five and now I have heard of uh, Mark Ralston. Oh, who's uh, he? What, uh, what else did he do? Oh, Drake. Oh, that Drake. Was, uh, no, that was the dude from uh, that you recognized from Shawshank Redemption. The leader of the ladies. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, gotcha. All right, gotcha. Oh, we're done yeah. with the impressions part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, Mark Ross would be oh, now the. Uh, uh, get you good. What's her name? Velasquez. Yeah. Uh, her name. Her name is Jeanette Goldstein. She's been Vasquez. in. She's the mother in Big. Was she? I don't know. She's the mother. I think she's in Titanic. She's the. She is the in mom Titanic. The street. Oh the, no, she's in Terminator too. Yeah, she's she. That's Terminator the only 2. other thing I remember yeah. her from. She's yeah. John Connor's stepmom that uh-huh. you know kills the dad. Uh, through the milk carton and all that. She looks that. a lot different in this movie than, oh, than yeah. that movie. Like, and she's a badass in this movie, yes, too. Yes, she is. Uh, William Hope played Gorman. Uh, he's actually been in some recent stuff, too. Uh, I don't, don't know the exact characters, but he's he's one of those characters that you tend to see in movies that, like, say, one or two lines behind, like, one of the supporting actors or something. Yeah. That's his extent in the movie. <laughs> but he was recently in the first Sherlock Holmes. He was in Captain America and Triple uh, X, which some of the other things that he's been in. I didn't know he did porn. <laughs> All right. That movie was porno for the eyes and like the mentally the film lovers who appreciate good movies. That's how that movie was. Uh, and then going back to what I was mentioning earlier, kind of about James Cameron alumni, James Horner did the music. Uh, and, and you know, from your favorite movie, he also did this thing for Willow, Titanic, Braveheart. Uh, and Adrian Biddle was the DP on this as well, and he did Willow, of course, 
and Princess Bride. And so the, Cameron loved to work with the same people. Yeah, and, uh, he's kind of like a Tim Burton. Yeah, you know, but I think Cameron's. A I little, do that too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the same people. I think Tim Burton's more so. I think he establishes a good working relationship with him. I would say Cameron because he's a, a notorious perfectionist and like almost a tyrant on set is what a lot of people say you know so like not everybody can even work with him uh as a matter of fact adrian biddle Bidel, however he pronounces his name but he's dead so we'll never know uh got the job on this because the original dp was fired for you know like i don't want to work with james cameron he's an adult i'm out of here mm-hmm. so i think with cameron it's more like people that a can put up with him and b that he might he he understands the talent of him because he's such a technical guy yeah so i think you know it's similar to what you can get the does. Most i think out it might be a different yeah, yeah almost like very Kubrickian in a sense I guess but um Daniel as usual you've never seen this you've seen bits and pieces on TV as you were flipping like you were telling well, me well that was like a week before I actually watched the whole thing yeah uh, other than that no I didn't really know anything about it mm-hmm. so Daniel and you did see Prometheus before this right yes yeah I mean I'm, like uh, we were kind of mentioning uh, at the end of the uh, Return of the Jedi when we were going to try to watch it before you saw Prometheus but Having seen Prometheus, anybody out there might have been wondering, you really don't need to have seen any no, of the Alien movies to not at all. gather anything for Prometheus. I mean, it's more so you get a little bit more out of it. I guess it's akin to people who read the Harry Potter books and then watch the movies. You get a little more out of having that yeah. backstory and whatnot. But, Daniel, what did you think of Aliens? Uh, I, did, I would break it down into, like, thirds. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for the first third of the movie. Of course... You know, they have to have the build-up, and you learn about her daughter and all that good stuff. And, and Paul Reiser, I just thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, again... Uh, if you were watching me, I was moving around a lot, because I was wanting to, like... Uh, oh, I watched I don't you want to intently as we were watching that. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, I, but, uh, one... It progressively got immensely better. Mm-hmm. Like, the end of it was awesome. You yeah. know, the first time I saw the Queen... Yeah. That was, that was a was a really good look, and how that... It wasn't... One thing I did like about it was the build-up and the pan on the queen. I just yeah. thought it was nice. It wasn't like just quick show. It the wasn't queen. like a big reveal. Yes. It was very slow and deliberate. Yeah. To, and, uh, I mean, how the how scared would you be if you saw? <laughs> 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 yeah, and then the fight at the end. I thought mm-hmm. it was really cool. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. and we did like I said, we, we did watch a special edition, and the special edition is very heavy in the front end of the movie. Oh, with the da- more of the daughter angle and more okay. backstory on that. I get. It. We watched the special edition. Like, whenever you go to IMDb and look this up, it says two hours and thirty-seven minutes. What? How long does the special edition make it? Hmm. I'm not sure. I want to say. Or, the, the or special is the special like edition six, the part on here? Like, is it this considered to be the special? It, it edition? It might be. I'm not sure, but I know that I want to say the special edition is sixteen minutes longer than the okay. original. All if right. I, off the top of my head, I know it's a significant amount of footage. It's not just like, like the RoboCop x-rated version has like literally like three seconds of footage in it that makes it that they had to cut out so robocop got an r not an uh. x and it's basically just him getting his arm blown off and then like the dude getting shot by ed two and wait have you seen, you haven't seen robocop have you no. we will watch oh, the unrated version God. you can see the three seconds of x-rated footage back then yeah but uh i, I definitely understand what you're saying uh and maybe we should have just watched the regular edition but i always like the special yeah. edition, except Star Wars. What if I went usually. back and watched it? I would do it regular just to see what was. Yeah, it, the I don't pace know, is a little is faster. Yeah. Again, like uh, it's the special edition of Aliens. It's it's a more complete movie, but again, it, it's more because Cameron. I mean, I don't think the dude's made a movie under two hours. Yeah. You know, or like close to it. I mean, he makes. Uh, 
he's extremely good. And you mentioned he was watching the, how he builds up tension. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure. I guess I should have paid more attention to the actual mark in the movie where you, the aliens, act, the attack happens. Yeah. It's oh, probably it's a good well 45 past. minutes, an hour into the yeah, movie. I, I would know? say so, past I mean, an hour. Yeah. And that's very... Uh, people today use the term Spielbergian in reference to Jaws, but he got that from Hitchcock, so I'll use the correct term, Hitchcockian. You know, you build in this tension, <laughs> and then, then it happens. You know, like, you spend a significant amount of time building it up, and then then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And, and this, to me, as a filmmaker, this and T2 are Cameron's just opuses to his talent. Mm-hmm. Especially, I would say, this one, because Terminator 2 is, again, is a, again, he's taking a sequel, but he's taking a sequel to something he already did. So it's a little more straightforward, in a sense. And Alien, from Alien to Aliens, he's taking this franchise, this universe, and making it his own with mm-hmm. this movie. Because, of course, you haven't seen Alien, but again, like we were talking about, Alien is a horror movie. Yeah, that's It's a sci-fi horror Aliens is a sci-fi action movie, too. But the feel is there because Alien is very tense and like you know there's some jumps in it and whatnot. Where is the alien in this one? Even though there's an army of aliens, practically, it still maintains like where are they? You know, but yeah. there's a shit ton of them. There was and that iconic, you know, the uh, motion detector, mm-hmm. which uh, every Aliens video game that's ever come out <laughs> has that in it in some form or fashion because. You know when you hear that, I can't imitate it because I'm not, I'm not Michael Winslow from Police Academy. But, uh, you know, that noise, it's just like, you know, oh, God, they're everywhere, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, we had that discussion that there are parts of that movie that if you were to experience that, it oh, would yeah. just be like when we talked about uh, Lance Hendrickson's character going into that tunnel. Yeah. Oh, God. Screw that. Yeah. <laughs> no. If you Thank goodness he's a robot. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Um. That's you go, one, you go. I'm not going in there. Now that that's one thing that it it kind of changed my opinion, and it uh, it kind of sucks that it did. Is that I watched Prometheus first, mm-hmm. so I saw their cyborg or what a droid, yeah. whatever. And that's Michael, not a spoiler to people. Yeah, it's the yeah, first yeah, five yeah. minutes of the movie. His name is David, played by Michael Fassbender or whatever. What am I saying his last name right? Yeah, Fassbender. Fassbender yeah. yeah. When you watch that movie and you see, you're like immediately, oh, he's a droid. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that immediately off on a until you know it didn't take long because of the yeah, little blood the, deal or whatever her white, fat, blood. You know, white blood milk, but what always looked just, like to me. I, I enjoyed you know David more than yeah. the well, other, but yeah, but again, I had I shouldn't have watched it maybe first. I maybe should have watched Aliens first. No, I mean I don't I don't, I don't think it detracts either mm-hmm. way because the ties to the Alien universe in Prometheus are in a sense to that story, just a secondary yeah. part of it. You know, it's not the main storyline. So it's just like when you watch Alien, you watch Aliens, and, or you've seen them before, and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, holy shit, there it is. You know, there's this thing. Oh, wait, is this going to tie into it this way, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas if you watch them second, it's like, oh, I see where that's from now, or, or whatnot. Yeah, but- and then in Alien, you don't, if I remember correctly, you don't know that there's, there's a, there's a like, like she, Ripley says in Aliens, like, you didn't tell me there was an android on this yeah. ship, and like, well, one went crazy in the first one, basically, Paul Roger says. If I remember correctly, in the first one, and I might be wrong, I don't think they mentioned that he's a robot till he basically goes crazy. Oh, I got you. So like, it's a much bigger surprise when it happens in that one. Yeah. Uh, having seen him, uh, uh, but what I like Lance Hendrickson. What, what's his name in his character? Bishop. Here? Bishop. Yeah. Bishop. Yeah. Uh, he did a did a good job, but he acted more human than David did. And I yeah. don't know. That's what kind of. Well, David again <laughs> was a, it's a prequel in a sense, so it's it's an earlier <laughs> version. It's a new new improved side. Well, uh, there are some tie into because uh, of course you have Alien one through four, you now have Prometheus, and then you had Aliens versus Predator, which did tie into Aliens, 
in that uh, that the because the comp- the name of the, the company they reference in all the movies is Wayland Utani, Mister mm-hmm. Wayland, which is in Prometheus, played by Guy yeah. Pierce. Uh, but in the previous movies, Mister Wayland was Lance Henriksen, so that's why the robots look like him. Oh. Like they all look like him, like he looked in Bishop in yeah. two, and then there's another one in three. That's interesting. But they explain that you know as you if, when you've seen them all as a whole, you kind of have that you under, you see the the bigger picture, which I, which I found surprising they didn't have Lance Henriksen in Prometheus mm-hmm. since he basically is that character. But I can see why because Aliens versus Predator makes that revelation, and it's perfectly fine with me that they just cast that aside like a redheaded stepchild and not keep it with the Alien quadrilogy in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of cool with it. But again, like it depends on it is, it's a small thing. I mean, it's just a little. But usually, a lot in a sense. A way you could tell, of course, if I'm getting into a movie is I'll sit up, and yeah. I was sitting up to end that movie. And it's when once once that attack happens, and one thing I like about the movie is like, especially the first time I saw it, I, I want to say it was maybe '88 when it came on TV for the first time. Uh, my parents. Yeah, uh, you missed a lot of Bill Paxton. I know <laughs> most of his part was cut out. I'm sure, but uh. My parents didn't, never liked sci-fi movies except Star Wars. Everybody liked Star Wars. So like, and then like once I saw it on TV, I was like, rode my bike to the movie store, like I've told in this program before, and rented Aliens, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like the greatest thing ever. You know, it's like it's a rated R Star Wars. It's awesome, and there's mm-hmm. all, you know, it's so violent and so cool, and these things are freaking scary. But um, some I guess we'll get into the trivia now. Or any other thoughts about the movie, or anything uh, that, that struck you, or it was long, like. <laughs> Oh, it's like it's a James. Yeah, whenever, it's a whenever you see directed by James Cameron, you better have some food. You better have a comfy seat because you're gonna be there at least two hours. Yeah. Uh, right when it happened, I didn't expect Newt to still be alive. That was a good little yeah. change. I even said that when we were watching. I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't expect that to yeah. happen. Um, uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. On to the trivia, everybody. Uh, the Hungarian title for Alien was called The Eighth Passenger Colon Death. The title for the Hungarian title for aliens was the name of the planet colon death. So I mean, it's always like a you know nineteen thirties sci fi movie like title or something. Very silly. I don't know why, but uh, and uh, some backstory. Sigourney Weaver didn't want to do any alien sequels at all. She like because she was wanting to do different things. She didn't want to get typecast or anything yeah. by being in a sequel to a franchise. Uh, but she was so impressed by James Cameron's script that she decided to do the movie, which. I mean, awesome. <laughs> she would have really had a new Ripley? Yeah, he said yeah. that he would have just gotten a similar character. Like, he would have just... Because, of course, it starts off with them finding her. They could have just... You know, if she wasn't in it, you could cut her out, add a new character, and just start when the Marines are, like, going to investigate the colony, and then all hell breaks yeah. loose. You know, so... But thank goodness she did, because it ties into the the story yeah. as a whole. I mean, it's, it's like Halloween 1 and 2. They go together. You know, 2 picks up right where 1 leaves off, and then... And aliens and alien, they although there's a seventy something year difference, seven or something, yeah, it's something, it's something like that. Yeah. Difference, it's still practically it leaves off for her character. She goes to sleep, she wakes up, and it all ties together. So it's really awesome. Uh, uh, and actually, James Horner and Jan, uh, James Cameron didn't get along at all, but uh, as they were doing the score for this movie, because Cameron kind of gave Horner like a small lead time to get it done, and Horner actually borrowed a lot of stuff from previous movies that he had done. And he kind of like said, "I'm never working with James Cameron again." But when James Cameron heard his score for Braveheart, that's what kind of. And then Cameron like said, "You know, hey, I need you to work with me again. I want you to do the score for Titanic." And then of course Avatar kind of patched up their relationship because Cameron was impressed with the score from Braveheart. Mm-hmm. 
Who so, wouldn't be? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, James Cameron memorable Braveheart stuff. Ate a little crow, I guess. So he's he's human after all. He's not the hardcore tyrant <laughs> that some people make him out to be. Uh, I thought this was interesting too, leading up because uh, uh, when the Dark Knight comes out, we're actually going to do Batman, the Tim Burton original '89 version. Nice. But uh, the Alien Nest set where all the Marines were. That is the exact same set that was used in Batman for Axis Chemical. Uh, nice. and, and when, of course, Batman was 89, this was 86. So when they came, when the set designers came to make the set for Axis, all the alien stuff was still on the set. So they had to, like, take it out, and they used, like, some of the walkways still. And so part of that set yeah. is from aliens. That's nice. So it's, that's, it's weird how, you know, could you imagine, yeah. like, I'd be like, oh, wait, no. I want to take this piece home. It was an alien hive, you know, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> And of course, like we had talked about too while we were watching it, there's really no what we consider today CG in it. This is all on-set miniatures, dudes in suits, rear projection. You know, the lightning stuff, of course, is I guess what you like we we had talked about when we were watching it is in a sense CG in a very limited way. But yeah. everything you see is basically real, which is I think that's like we were talking about with Star Wars and everything. It just adds to the believability of the movie, mm. like a. Uh, the rear projection is where the actors are on a set and then there's a screen behind them and it's projected. Know. Yeah. Like uh, when the uh, the dropship crashes when the aliens are on it and when they're waiting for the pickup after they escape Yeah. Uh, and it crashes and they're like running behind the rock, that's rear projection. And then you see it coming at them. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an old camera trick in a sense, but I mean, it's Cameron is a master at using stuff like that to a to great effect where it, it look you know, Nowadays it'd be totally see, they do they'd have done it in front of a green screen, but I mean, when you see something behind you, even though it's on a screen coming at you, you, you know that affects the actors. They don't have to use their imagination; they're actually mm-hmm. reacting to something. And uh, several instances of rear projection, like when they're looking at stuff on screens through the planet or a viewfinder mm-hmm. or whatnot, so they're actually seeing what you're seeing. And I think that as an actor, that has to help. You know, that does that, ha- that mm-hmm. can do nothing but help your performance instead of okay, this tennis ball is going back and forth. Okay, now it's a rocket. Dodge the rock. You know, there was a great skit on Saturday Night Live with Jude Law when Sky Captain came out, where like he's sitting in a green plane, everything's green, and like they have some of the dudes offset with like foam things, like throwing them at him, and he's like, "All right, it's a rocket! Bite the rocket! Bite the rocket!" And he's like biting the foam because you know, it's all CG. They were making fun of that, like how it's all you have to react to nothing. Like three hundred. Yeah, I mean that was practically all in on front of a blue screen for the most part. Uh, let's see, uh, the assault truck that they drive. And everything uh-huh. in, into the so, hive yeah. or into the reactor first, and then the hive when Ripley takes control of it. That's actually a modified tow truck for airplanes. So it's an actual. It's, it was a real vehicle. Ah. Uh, now the scene where it's kind of driving inside and when they're escaping, that's actually a remote control miniature, <laughs> like for those <laughs> scenes. But that was an actual vehicle that they got in and rode around in and whatnot. Uh, the Alien Queen took fourteen to sixteen people to puppeteer. So they were actually Good Lord. That's why it's so shoes. big. Yeah. They just needed that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget this. When I, uh, maybe in the mid-90s, I want to say, there was a... There's, they're down a dozen now, but there was like a, a horror... Com- like a prop company for like Halloween that would sell like... Uh, you know, like animatronic hanging people to scream when people walk by and, you know, mask and all that. And in this catalog, for $16,000, you could buy an Alien Queen puppet. Like... Standee and like life size, sixteen feet tall. There's no doubt you would do it if you had the oh, money. Oh, I mean, believe me, if I if I was an adult at that time, I'd have saved my pennies, and that thing would be in my living room to this day Look for the that. rest of the time. Wow, looking at a picture, like how That's, big the the alien looks like they're still kind of constructing it, yeah, but you can see like the how it starts. You know, with the I guess just a frame, and they build around it and add all the yeah. 
yeah, stuff. It's very big, very huge. And there's, you know, that's a lost art, I'm sure, in Hollywood today. Yeah, puppetry and all that stuff. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, there's a show on, uh, what show is that, Monster Man sh- or channel? Is that A&E or That's sci-fi, Bravo? isn't it? It might be. Monster Man? Yeah. It's like the makeup show, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean... I don't think the dude does good work, but it's because <laughs> uh, he mm-hmm. he does all that stuff for B movies. You know, he's not out doing. It's an entertaining show, and it's awesome to see how they make stuff. But you know, he's doing stuff for, you know, these direct to DVD movies like about a two headed shark. You know, a sci fi original. Uh-huh. It still looks great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like to the quality of a Stan Winston design that you see in Aliens or on James Cameron movie. I'm sure it looks better in post production. Anyway. Well, I'm sure when well, when they show it in in the show. For like the scenes they're filming after it's been filmed, of course it doesn't look bad. Well, it looks bad, but not. It doesn't look as bad as it looks when the reality show cameras are filming it. I do watch that Face Off show. That's the Face competition. Off is, really that is show. one of my. Yeah. I don't like reality television, but that show is amazing, and it's amazing to me because it showcases people who are truly talented. Yeah. And it's it's a true talent competition judged by their peers. You know, it's not. People are looking just to be famous. I mean, the people that yeah. win are like they want a extremely job talented, yeah. and uh, the winner of the first season actually was an assistant on the Hunger Games. Okay, like so. I mean, you know, they, you know, you can make a career out of it, and mm-hmm. and like we were saying, it's you don't. It's so rare that, and these people are making stuff within like an hour, four hours, like yeah, and making a full makeup, crazy. and it's amazing, and it looks better than any of this crap on sci-fi's actual shows. You know, it's like <laughs> like just get the you know. <laughs> I don't know why their competitions aren't like okay. Oh, uh, we got this sci-fi show shooting in like. 12 hours I need you to make these costumes right now okay. yeah that's the competition yeah. they take them all <laughs> go into the studio it. next door and actually film, film with the it. scene you know? <laughs> that would that cut some costs there sci-fi you know? yeah. the judges on that show are like legit though yeah like, cause uh they tell you what they're working on they're all very current and like doing stuff presently as they're mm-hmm. filming they're not just I used to do this no, yeah, they're not they're, washed up yeah. musicians like, like Paul Abdul the or judge was the main person on, on Hunger Games and she uh, V Neal's her name if I remember yeah. correctly and she did she did like she works a lot with Tim Burton mm-hmm. uh, very talented and that, that's my wife talking to everybody by the way so say hello to Autumn if yeah. you're listening to this they probably can't hear very well <laughs> just down the mic sorry I'm mean, <laughs> sure they heard that yeah but uh, let me see where I leave off on this uh, if you look if you, I don't know if you paid attention to it Daniel but if anybody out there if you're watching Aliens again look really closely at each character's armor there's like little details on it. Every actor personalized their own armor. Uh, uh, I'm about to say Bruce Willis for some reason. Uh, Bill Paxton <laughs> has the name Louise on his chest. That's his wife's name. Uh-huh. And then uh, he had a skull and some other stuff. The only actor that didn't personalize his armor was Michael Bean. And that was simply because he wasn't the first person cast as Hicks. The first ooh, person ooh, cast I as know. Hicks. Jesse, for 100 points. James Remar. Exactly right. Ding, 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 ding. You would know this dude if you saw him. Like he was in the Warriors. He's in Dexter now, most popular right now. Anyway. He does a lot of voice work too. You'd recommend. Mm-hmm. He's out. Oh, I ain't gonna even try to imitate him. That's stupid. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> oh, what was he in? He was Raiden in Mortal Kombat two, the movie. Oh yes, oh, I'm I Raiden watched now. that I've once. Lost my powers. I watched that once, and that was too many times. He was uh, he was a detective in something. I don't know uh, much I mean, about he's him. He's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, you mm-hmm. would. I'm pretty sure you would if you saw him in a movie. You would recognize him. You recognize his voice, I'm sure. But he was actually cast as Hicks, and he didn't get along with Cameron, big surprise there, mm-hmm. for creative differences. Now, I'm sorry. If you're an actor like James Remar, who's not like, you know, this dude's probably C-list. I mean, I like him. Yeah. I would say he's like a B-list. But, I mean, he, honestly, like, he gets C-list parts. I mean, he's an, a detective assistant of a supporting actor. I mean, he's not a, uh, a leading man by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh... And James Cameron's telling you, like, you know, this is how we're going to do it. You shut up and you do what James Cameron says. Yep. Yep. You know, because, I mean, Michael Bean's gone on to do, like, you know, he's 
famous for this movie, as is Bill Paxton. I mean, this is a, such an iconic movie that, when honestly, when people think of Bill Paxton, they usually think of this character. Michael Bean, they might, you know, Terminator or Rico, uh, Ringo from Tombstone. I mean, he's had some great characters, you know. But if you're, on a, if you're in a James Cairn movie, just do what the dude says. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, he knows more than most actors do because he's, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for James Cameron because he's just extremely talented. I'm looking at pictures now of, well, what's James Cameron now? It's Bill Paxton. Down, down. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Daniel's wanting me looking to scroll for a picture. on the internet. <laughs> but, uh, and anybody out there, and if you know who H.R. Geiger is, then I don't need to explain who it is. H.R. Geiger did all the concept designs for the alien and the ship that you see in Prometheus and everything for the original alien. He worked really closely with Ridley Scott as far as the overall design of the uh, Xenomorphs and everything. We'll kind of picture from Phil Paxson from Weird Science as Chet, which we watched on <laughs> Netflix last uh, weekend. Which just that was a great role for him too. Have you seen that, Daniel? Nope. Oh man, it, he will. He will. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock Ow! and Robert Downey Jr. is in it too. Oh. Yeah. Shut up, baby. Don't you don't get to make noise. <laughs> Weird Science is the one with Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah. Uh, I Very I young. Some I think it was post-Breakfast Club, I believe. Yeah, it was. So, And I think he looks younger in this movie, in, or in Weird Science, than he does in Breakfast Club. That makes you my new best friend. <laughs> What's that offer? Lights? Yeah. Wait, what's that? <laughs> you say lights? Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking that. Bill uh, Paxton says that line. I don't know. Titanic. He, he wasn't in Lights. If you're wondering yeah. what lights is, go to youtube.com slash films. Yes, and you'll see what me and Daniel look like. Yep. There's something like that in one of our movies. Something like, oh, you're my new best friend or something like that. Wasn't there? Or am I totally making that up? You're totally making that <laughs> up. Damn it. i got to lay off the Sprite before these shows, <laughs> man. It's making me imagine things. Uh, let's see. Uh, as I was saying, H.R. Geiger, you know, he, he basically came up with how the alien looked. And uh, if you ever look at any of his art or anything, it's very robotically sexual in a way you know, if you just google it one day and you'll see what I'm talking about I mean it's very it's like steampunky but I guess steampunk no I'm sorry H.R. Geiger it's not steampunky because that's a terrible comparison uh, it's very uh, what's the word I'm looking for neopunk in a sense I guess maybe you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying when you see it but he designed the alien and it's very because the thing coming out of the alien's mouth and the face hugger yeah. going down your throat that's a very those are very sexual overtones you know, over as to because the aliens reproducing yeah. by doing that. Uh, that's what Geiger was a natural fit for it, and you know the no no eyes on the aliens, you know, very creepy looking. But he actually had no input on aliens at all, because mm. uh, mainly the only new thing designed actually is the hive and the queen, and Cameron himself designed the alien queen. So that's not uh, a Geiger creation. That's a kick-ass job. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely very an, an iconic villain. You yeah. know, like Vader on crack and so huge and. What not? Uh, let's see. Uh, I know you like to want. Could you ask before, like, you know, how many Ewok or Stormtrooper costumes? You know, wondering. I got, I got some info of that for you. There were only six alien suits total made for the actors to be in yeah. for, the, for those scenes. Uh, you probably, I, I would assume, all six are on screen, like when they're crawling through the vents. In the top part. Right? You know, like whether it's kind of just a big. But again, there, there was only six total. Uh, each Marine had three sets of armor. <laughs> so hmm. I found that kind of odd. Like it got I mean, dirty. Yeah, I mean, let them get dirty because they're in a war. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And uh, the hypersleep containers that they come out of in the beginning, those mm-hmm. cost four thousand dollars each, and they only made six of them. But there's, mm-hmm. I think, there's twelve people in the movie. I wonder right. if they still exist. They might. Maybe Somewhere. in James Cameron's basement. But uh, if you if you ever watch Alien Aliens again in the scene where they're opening, because it looks like there's 
a whole wall of them. Yeah. It's a mirror, mirror. halfway yeah. through. And if you look really closely, makes the room look you can bigger. see that there's two Ripley's. And like, if you look like in the background, you can see the same color scheme. Yeah. What I want to know, since I've been pondering this and I didn't look it up, how many times is Bill Paxton's oh, character? That is actually the next thing on my list okay. right here. Okay, the word fuck is said <laughs> 25 times in this movie. 18 of those times are about Bill Paxton. So he, he, he's hitting up the R rating. <laughs> yeah. Al Pacino eat your heart out. Uh, now, fuck said 25 times. The word man is said okay, is 35 all, times. That's it? I would have thought oh, more. Oh, by Bill Paxton. I would have thought more. Oh, come on, man. What's yeah. going on, man? What are we doing here, man? You got to get out of here, man. Fuck. <laughs> I would have uh, thought more if you would have tried to uh, give me the guess. Now, here's an awesome tie-in to this movie. Because, again, this is 86. This is before Starship Troopers. If you notice when they're given, being given the briefing by uh, Gorman, where Ripley's talking about the xenomorph and all that, uh, Hudson says something or something. You know, is this a, is this a straight-up mission fight or is it another bug hunt? That is a direct reference to Starship Troopers, the the novel, oh. because okay. in a lot of the stuff from like the power loaders, mm-hmm. uh, I've I have the books, the original book Starship Troopers. I only read halfway through it. I kind of because it's so different from the movie, it just didn't grab me as a novel, so I actually never finished it. But they have like a similar. It's more like a jetpack type thing, but it's like a jump pack. So anybody who's finished the novel, if they have any input on that, let us know. Eighties revisited, no apostrophe s at gmail.com. But yeah, when he says bug hunt, because I always wondered that myself. Like, that's an odd thing to say. I thought, cause I, when I first watched, first seen the movie, I figured maybe they knew about the aliens or something. Maybe they hunted something like it or whatnot. But it's actually a reference to as though these Marines have fought something before, which is still kind of odd because then they're like, a xenomorph? What's that? An alien? Like, they fought stuff before. So it's. But then it's like, oh, she saw an alien. Oh, she's a kook. Well, apparently <laughs> they fought aliens too of some sort, you know? So it's. Maybe at that time, like, what they fought was just a common thing. Maybe. Who knows? We'll never know. It's a smart bug. Okay, again, I mentioned the body. I teased the body count earlier on. Okay, here's what we got. Uh, The the technical body count for this movie, meaning like characters, you know, we don't count aliens or the people of Hadley's Hope, the colony, is only 11, which is mainly the Marines and whatnot that you see get uh, actually get killed. Now, if you want to get technical, like, you know, saying over a billion people died in Star Wars because of all the Ron blowing up and whatnot... Uh, Hadley's Hope had a population of 158, which all but one died since Newt survived. Uh, 156 aliens died. And one queen. So the total body count would be... 156 aliens? I don't know how they... Yeah, okay. Here's how, because the population... I guess maybe it would be 157 aliens. Because if the population of Hadley's Hope is 158... Okay. No, it is right. No, it isn't. <laughs> you gotta subtract Newt. So there's 157 colonists that died and aliens came out of. Okay. That would mean that 157 aliens should have died. Because there would have been 157 aliens yeah. for 157 colonists. So maybe, the, again, this is like some random site. This wasn't movies, moviebodycounts.com. I had to like go to the far reaches of the internet to find this. This was a non trusted site uh, that had all this information. Probably got a virus on it now or something. Uh-oh. Oh, 159 facehuggers died. So that would be one for all the aliens, which would leave two more, which would be the two in the lab. So, yeah, that makes sense. Well, no, because they all have to come from an egg. Mouth okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mental mind fuck. That's what? The body count no. Thanks, Mark Wahlberg. 
Okay. Nobody got time for that. Okay, moving on. That's the, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with 11 for the body count. Right. If you want to debate anything else, again, 80s revisited, 80s revisited at gmail.com. Talk about it all you want. Uh, and here's something that's really surprising about this movie seven Academy Award nominations. How many wins? Two. Two. But now here's a surprising thing. I, I mean, I knew this, but it's still surprising as a whole. Uh, Sigourney Weaver was nominated for Best Actress for this movie. Hmm. Didn't know that. Didn't win, of course, naturally. Uh, it naturally. did not win for, well, Meryl sci-fi's oh, yeah, uh, in, the, in the Academy Awards. is like, you know... It's just like sense. if she were, she'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> naturally, didn't she didn't win. Bad way, Sigourney. You're great to me. You're a killer. Uh, it was nominated for Best Actress, Art Direction, Score, Sound, and Editing. Those are the ones that didn't win. It did win Best Effects and Best Sound Effects. Which, deservingly so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, now a lot of people... When I know when I was watching... We'll talk about Prometheus for a little bit. Uh, spoiler free for everybody. A lot of people are like, you know, this is an alien prequel. And I myself was under the impression that Prometheus took place on the planet from Alien and Aliens, where the, the ship is. Uh, it actually isn't. For people out there who might be confused as I was. Alien and Aliens take place on a planet called LV-426. Prometheus takes place on a planet called LV-223. So two different planets. And they are talking about Prometheus being a trilogy, so maybe we'll eventually we'll see how the ship gets to LV-426 to set off the, the alien universe, yeah. in a sense. So I found that interesting, because, again, watching the movie, I assume, I just merely assumed, since in the trailer you see it crashing, that this was, in fact, the same planet. They, they could tie it in as being yeah. the same planet eventually this, who knows but this is not a spoiler but there's it doesn't really spoil any type of story thing but they talk about the the dig sites the, all the different yeah that there's they other mention ones and, the certain amount of planets that are all in the same configuration yeah and again it's the first five minutes of, of the movie maybe it's one of those yeah, yeah. that's what uh, my friend Jason we, we're, you know Jason mm-hmm. or so we were talking about and uh well, we're not going to do spoilers, but he had a really... I'll tell you on the way home. He mm-hmm. had a really interesting Prometheus theory, which I didn't think about, but it kind of makes sense a little bit. And you don't get to hear it until Jesse's seen the movie. Because he hasn't <laughs> no, seen it I yet. don't mind. Uh, on the last episode of... Geekly Dose. Geekly Dose, they did Prometheus. I know you mentioned they did the nostalgic episode. Yeah. That was the one before last, but... Oh. There's a new one out? Is it, is it available? Yeah, they recorded it yesterday. It's not Oh, okay. Yet. Gotcha. I'm a little bit behind, I guess. But, yeah. uh... Oh, speaking of which, too, because uh, again, this is our this is our first podcast in about three weeks because yeah. we did all the Star Wars ones in one day and then today. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I have to look at the calendar. It's three or four weeks from today. We did that on a Saturday. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and since then, you can hear the I have to, I have to defend the... Justin and right. Tim. Tim was talking about Last Dragon. Thumbs up for me. It's a great movie. <laughs> and uh, Justin was talking about Last Samurai. I agree with him. That movie is awesome, even though it's like you said, it stances with samurais basically. It's still a great movie, and I love it. I think that's one of Tom Cruise's better roles to me. It's one of those movies that I could just put on and just have background noise while I used to be playing World of Warcraft or whatever. I enjoy it. So I just had to defend Justin saying that he liked you it. played World of Warcraft? Yes. Crap. <laughs> I've never done that. Oh, really? You, well, well, how uh-huh, many characters brother. you had to, like, level 70 or whatever it was? Level 85. I had a, okay, full disclosure. I had a warlock. Her name was Mrs. Doubtfire. And she was. I left her at level fifty, and well, there 50. she. I was totally being. Uh, and I was. That was. I played completely solo. Yeah. Like I mean, that, me and oh, da- I, Daniel did a couple of dungeons, but I never got to the end game stuff that y'all. I was Jesse, totally being like. Oh, I know. Just on that. Jesse was a guild master. I was an officer in it, and 
played it nerd. W- pretty much. Yeah. Is there a nerds <laughs> version of that? Yeah, I quit playing it about <laughs> a year ago or so. so. Yeah, well, you played all the expansions though, huh? Everyone. Except, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I played the. I got the first. Actually, I think I started playing when the first expansion came out, or maybe it was a little. Before, I don't know. Whatever. That's a different. That's a, <laughs> that's a different podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks, for drifting off and into off nerd topic there. But uh, I don't know if I mentioned. I think I did mention this on a previous podcast. I think maybe in the Terminator. But uh, when I was in college, this ties to aliens. Uh, I had my screenwriting teacher in college. Actually, worked with James Cameron and Galen and heard on some mm-hmm. project I never saw fruition. But uh, he told a story in the screenwriting class how James Cameron pitched Aliens, and I thought it was a really badass story to me. And of course, when you go to pitch a movie, you can ha- ask for things like a chalkboard, uh, whatever you know, dry erase board, a projector, whatnot, as you pitch your movie. James right. Cameron walks into the pitch room, and of course, uh, by, by the time he's pitching Aliens, Terminator hasn't come out yet, so he's still the dude that directed Piranha 2. And he writes the word alien on the board, and I'm, I'm sure he said a few things, but then he wrote the S and made it a dollar sign. And when he did that, <laughs> he got permission to write the script for Aliens, and the project got greenlit. So I takes, thought that huh? was pretty awesome. Promised money. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hollywood secrets. I wonder there if he go. thought... The amount he made was sufficient. Like, if he was like, eh, I thought we would have done better. Well, again, because he was... Well, he's that justified a... that dollar sign I wrote on that, <laughs> on that tri race well, Later on, he was like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made money from other movies, too. Yeah, Titanics. <laughs> dollar sign. Dollar sign. <laughs> Titanics. Dollar sign. Dollar sign. Yeah. Avatars. <laughs> for the trilogy, he wants to make. He's got the clout. He can do that. He's like, yeah. well, the only people in Hollywood. Him, Tom Cruise, and maybe Spielberg. Yeah. You go into yeah. a room and do that, and it's about it. Short list of Hollywood bigwigs. <laughs> uh, and you, did you know Tom Cruise was in town recently? We're in Baton Rouge, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. My friend who ran a theater, uh, he runs Perkins Row. Uh, he would come, he came there. This is a funny story, too, since we, I mentioned Tom Cruise and we talked about Last Samurai. Everybody out there might want to hear it. Because yeah. he is sure. an 80s actor, and we talked about Top Gun. Sure. Top Gun, Top Gun, Top Gun. But uh, he stayed at a place called Perkins Row here in Baton Rouge, which they have a movie theater there, and that's my favorite theater. My friend works there. I get in for free, so that's why it's my favorite, et cetera, et cetera. But um, <laughs> he, Tom Cruise would go to the movies every weekend that he was in town shooting this movie. Uh, I forgot, it's some alien movie. I forgot the name of it. Uh, it's on IMDb. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but uh, he went. He showed up on the opening weekend of Avengers, and like, hey, I want to see Avengers. Well, Tom Cruise comes to your theater, wants to see Avengers. They, you know, they kind of look into the theater. Well, he would call. The story I got was that he would call about ten minutes in advance, and tell him he wanted, you know, he would look, I'd like to come to this showing, and then they'd wait till the lights are down, the trailers are showing, then he'd come in and sit down. Yeah, and imagine he'd come, that. He'd come with two bodyguards and a hat pulled low. That's how, exactly how he came to the theater, and uh, it was Avengers opening night. They couldn't find a seat. It was you know sold out show. There was one lady sitting up, up in the front with a purse and a seat next to her. The manager comes up and goes, "Excuse me, ma'am, you know it's a sold out show. Can I ask you to move your purse, please?" Uh, someone needs to sit down, and she's like huffing and puffing. Like, I ain't moving my purse. You know, I don't know why it was an issue for her to move a purse. <laughs> but then Tom Cruise comes up and goes, "Excuse me, I really like to watch the movie. Can I please sit there?" And she's just like, "You can't see my face," but she's slack jawed and wide eyed, like, "Okay." <laughs> and then uh, he was telling you the manager would come back periodically to the movie to make sure that he's not getting messed with, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, Tom Cruise in the audience! Uh, Screw the movie!" Blah blah blah. And like he said that every time him. he every time he checked back into the movie to make sure everything was okay Tom Cruise was on the edge of his seat watching Avengers and the girl was still staring at him slack jawed <laughs> eyes wide open for the whole movie tweeting the whole movie <laughs> wow that was a funny I thought that was funny oh come on and then, that uh, was damn funny <laughs> yeah but uh, my friend uh, and he was uh, Morgan Freeman's in the movie with him too and then also the Nikolai whatever that plays Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones 
You're and talking he, about this movie? Yeah. Oblivion. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that is it. Oblivion. That's exactly it. And uh, he said he actually got, he ran into, I'm going to say Jamie Lynn, Nicol- there we go, Nic- Nikolai Coster Waldau, Waldu, however he pronounces it. Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. He ran into him. He came to see a movie, talked to him there, and then he went to get a, a coffee one day on a break from the theater, and he was sitting in there on his iPad at Starbucks, and then he, like, a few days later, he showed up at McDonald's while he was getting lunch. So it was almost like he, he was joking with me that he was, like, stalking the dude or something. He, thought, he didn't want uh, Jamie Lannister to think he was stalking him. Who's that? Olga Kurilaku? Question, Daniel? Oh, I thought that was a lady from Prometheus. Oh, no, you mean Numi, Numi Rapace? Yeah, okay. Yeah, she Continue. was. Uh, she was in uh, the Sherlock Holmes Trey. sequel. <laughs> but she she's the original uh, Elizabeth. What's her last? Salander from Dragon Tattoo trilogy. Oh, the uh, uh, original version. That's how she got famous in a sense. And, uh, she did. They asked. They actually offered her the role in the American version, but she didn't want to play the same character she had already played before and did Sherlock Holmes two and then Prometheus. So good for her. All right, guys. Uh, Daniel, anything else about aliens or anything? Strikes you, strikes you fancy. You talk about? Not really. <laughs> looking, you looking dreamy at it, Tom Cruise and Nic- Nicolai. Oh, I said Nicolai. It's Nicolage, L A J. Sorry about that, Jamie Lannister. Uh, of course. Yeah, I'm sure he prefers to be called that. <laughs> well, I, I, I was like, uh, no, my friends call tell me, me Jamie Lannister. My friends telling me this, and I'm always thinking, like, what if I met him? Like, I'll be like, Lannister always pays his debts, huh? I mean, some popcorn. <laughs> I open the door for him, and I'm like, uh, no, uh, again, yeah. <laughs> you owe me a debt, Lannister. <laughs> Open the door for me. <laughs> I'm going to hear it from y'all again. But if I had to rate this movie, I'd give it about a 7.5. Really? Yeah. Aliens is a 7.5 on the Daniel scale? Yeah. I, I honest, my, my guess was this for this one was going to be at least an 8. Just because of the beginning. I just didn't care for it. Okay, discounting the beginning, what did you give it? Because since we watched special edition. If you watch regular edition, you don't you won't have that complaint. What would you give it without the beginning? Nine. Whoa! Whoa. I did not like the beginning. I had trouble staying, like... I was trying mm-hmm. to move around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Eating the pizza that she ordered for me. Like, yeah. things like See, that. I, I feed him when he watches these movies. I make it the most pleasant environment possible. Towards the end. During no the, happy ending. But... You know, the last <laughs> little fight there, yeah. I was sitting up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was into it. Big no, no I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I think had you seen Alien to know that character more, it would have been more interesting instead of kind of coming in on that one. Because, yeah. uh... You don't have to see Alien to appreciate Aliens, by any, you know. I mean, they do go together, but again, there's that gap between the end to where, and they sum it up so well. Like that's where the aliens were, and you got to go. You know, there's a colony there now. Blah 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 blah. What was that? That the uh, thing she wrote in that she knew how to control. Oh, the power loader. It's called a power loader. I believe that. Yeah, that's like yeah. When you know the little the, the door pans up. up, that that was so cool to me. Oh, oh, I mean, that's an and that's an iconic scene. But then also they used it in one of those when they do the. Uh, the satellite ads or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Where they take an existing movie and then like the actor comes back and adds some scenes into it. Like, if you had direct TV, like, you could watch this now or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what it's for. but oh. It's kind of like a remake. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was direct TV. Yeah, it's something like that. But, like, you know, it shows that scene from the movie, minus the bitch line because it's commercial. Sure. Yeah, but then, like, you know, it, it, when it cuts to, like, her, like, staring at the alien, she's like, if you had direct TV, you could be watching this commercial free or high definition or blah, 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 blah. It's on yeah. YouTube. Look it up. Right. But, uh, you know, that's one of those scenes and aside from you know Hudson's game over man game over uh, yeah the rebooting Van Helsing with Tom Cruise in it interesting <laughs> anyway <laughs> but uh, you know get away from her you bitch it's probably like the, the next line yeah. memorable line from this movie you know it's very everybody knows that one ending was amazing to me 
no, yeah. the whole last 30 minutes, 30 like, minutes. And going to James Horner's score, like, it's so it, – it, this is, like, the awesomest build-up score yeah. of any movie. You know, dun, 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 dun. And it just gets louder and louder, and then it ends, and it's quiet for a second. You know, it, it, it builds to the crescendo, and then the end happens, and it's awesome. And then, you know, it's, a, it's such a – he's so talented. Like, he's one of my favorites, you know. We <laughs> talked about this before. Uh, but definitely – and also I could see – I figured you would rate it high simply because you have – the same dude that wrote Willow, the music for Willow, I'm sorry, and the same DP, so it has elements of your favorite movie, which, you know, that does have a significant effect on the film itself. You know, Willow's music is great. Its look is great. But Aliens. We, we discussed, I think we kind of touched on this. I've always been more of a swords and sorcery yeah, type. Yeah, I suppose than a space, science fiction. Yeah, science fiction. What's your favorite Final Fantasy? My favorite Final Fantasy was probably, if I add everything together, like six. Six, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was, mm-hmm. that was a good one. Yeah. This is Still all Japanese. And, it's Final yeah, Fantasy three in the U.S., but it's yeah. six. And it was sort of that was more of a blend than some yeah. of the later ones. Yeah. Wait, was, now we could talk about Final futuristic. Fantasy a lot. <laughs> we have a we'll big have to discussion. do a Final <laughs> Fantasy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, can, we can only talk about the eighties ones on here anyway. Mm. So six slash three in the U.S. wasn't eight. Well, no, that was no, Super was NES. 90s. That was nineties. Yeah. 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 Revisit a game. Final Fantasy Games the original revisiting. was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I played that on my phone. Yeah, you're not specific in the title. 80s Revisited could be a game. Yeah, that's a good point. If you'd like to hear a game review, <laughs> TNC Surf Design yeah. for NES we, or whatever you a want. A lot of... <laughs> Trey and I have played our share of video games, believe me. Yes, believe believe that. Send an email. Spent too much money on those. Especially when... That's what sucks, because I was listening to y'all's episode on Geekly Dose about, like, you know, watching this and playing this, and, and I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, you know what... It really sucked, like when we were kids, because we couldn't buy what we could buy now. Yeah. Because like I know for like NES, I had like five games. Yeah. Like, oh, like the cool thing about it was your dad into games. No, that, Mine that was. was the bad thing. Like Mine was. I had to rent. I, I played most of my games from borrowing them, trading them with friends. Yeah. Or renting them. I had over probably sixty to seventy Jeez. Nintendo regular Damn. Nintendo games because of my dad. The one that made you go outside and play sports instead of watching TV. He flat out got me in the Nintendo. Like, See, my parents have never... No, my dad is a gamer. He plays the crap out of Solitaire. <laughs> that dude is awesome at Solitaire on PC. He wins all the time. My dad was the, a huge RPG nerd, so Mine is that's too. why I am right now. Mm-hmm. He would get me to build experience for him. Yeah. And he'd go do <laughs> go something. Go farm for me, kid. I'd go, I'd go grind for him. Don't die, though. Yeah. I remember... Uh, Wait, what game? Just any gut. Final Fantasy, uh, all the Dragon Warriors. Oh, uh, okay. Just go, go walk on. around the world map and battle yeah. for me. Don't use any of my potions, though. Yeah. Did he play MMOs? No. Well, they weren't. Uh, see, my but dad, he, that's all he does. He couldn't get into it. Well, my dad was like, graphics today, he's like, it hurts my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> really? I yeah. never hope I get old enough to say that. Or wow. my eyes get bad enough to yeah. say that. <laughs> like, he didn't even care for, really, for Final Fantasy at that point. Six. But he huh. loved, like, Dragon Warrior 1 through 4, which were all really amazing games. The original Final Fantasy. Has he ever seen WoW? He's seen it because... Yeah. I still live doing what I want to play, but yeah. just didn't get into it as much. Hmm. There's he more tried things to, to know. And, yeah, he you know, tried to play Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest 7. He, play, he got 120 hours into it. Like, Grind Fiend, any RPG. He played all the uh, Super NES RPGs, Seventh Saga, Secret wow. of Mana, Damn. Paladin's Quest. Nerd. Yeah, <laughs> Illusion of Guy. I could go on for days. I know a lot about video games, especially yeah. RPGs. Yeah, like, for, for NES, I, my, of course... My first NES was when they had the triple pack with uh, Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and uh, it wasn't track and field, fight. but it was uh, the oh, power pad. The power pad. Yeah. And that was my first, that was like mm-hmm. the first, you know, played Mario Brothers. Track and field was really good. I just sat there, mm. and, you know, I didn't run on the power pad. I got on my knees and just. They had oh. a track and field <laughs> game where you had to press the buttons really quickly. Yeah. You get a pin top. And just and run go at it. Yeah. yeah. 
And then uh, my Bunch second game, <laughs> my second game for NES was Jaws, and that <laughs> game is so bad, it's so terrible. My dad got it right when it came out, and when the games back then were sixty dollars, yeah, sixty-seven. No, they were like more like eighty. I know. For no, f- some Super NES yeah, super- were. Yeah. Well, I know Mortal Kombat 2 for Genesis, I, the the price with tax was $79.57. Wow. Jeez. I know this because I went and asked them how much it was before Mortal Kombat 2 came out so I could save up enough money that <laughs> oh when it came out, gosh. I could go buy it. Um, and I had an atomic fireball package, like the hard plastic one. Cause, yeah. And that was my bank. Like On, on, the, on the outside of it was written the pri- the total, Mortal Kombat 2 and the total. And all my money went <laughs> in a goal. Until, yeah, man. Um, man. We had a... Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, Turbo Graphics, Sega Master System, mm-hmm. regular Nintendo, you Atari. Spoiled, spoiled boy. Yeah, maybe I was playing games more than watching movies. <laughs> yeah. but That's the, acceptable. The first game yeah. he bought along with Mario was Ten Yard Fight. Do you remember that yeah. game? Yeah, he bought that one. Um, my favorite game on the Super on the NES was Destiny of an Emperor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you I didn't play, play it, that. but I know what game you're talking yeah. about. But that was a good game. As a child, my favorite game on NES was TNC Surf Design. That was a good game. I it did was, play I that. just like yeah. playing the Tiki Dude on the skateboard levels. Yeah. <laughs> I never could do the surfing. I sucked at the donkey. I mean, uh, the uh, look like I said Donk, Donkey Kong, but he means a, he's a gorilla. Yeah. The surfing yeah. part, I could not do. I'm a but, gorilla. Yeah. But the uh, the tiki-headed skateboard God, dude. see how we go off on this? Yeah. Somebody out there will appreciate it. That was an 80s. <laughs> sure. that, that was 80s. No, it's a good It's revisiting, man. Revisiting but, uh, the 80s. Old school. One of my favorite games also I got, I got I wanted it so bad because I was a big basketball player when I was a kid. It was a game called Hoops. Hoops. It was called Hoops, and it was it was almost RPG esque in a sense. Cause you had to pick two characters from this list to be on your team, but like one was a fat dude. He was awesome on defense, but he couldn't jump. <laughs> and I think there was like one white dude in the game. It's the dude from Teen Wolf. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Forgot his name, but but uh, and then uh, I I actually traded it for just NES Golf. Just, yes, golf is awesome. But like, see, I didn't, I didn't understand golf as a kid. Oh god! So I was just like, was awesome. I can't believe I traded this game hoops for golf. This mm. is, I was so pissed at myself for trading That's, it. I had so many hole yeah, in ones. Wait, oh, there was, oh, there, there was a white chick. Yeah, see that you have the tall, lanky dude. Yeah, you got the that fast black awful, guy. Awful, by the way. <laughs> it was great when you played it. But uh, what is with the controls here? Like it would jiggle around or something? I don't remember honestly. Yeah, you have to, like, like, for your shot, you had to, like, hit it when it was over the basket. Oh. No, because, of course, you had just but the it looks like you it's couldn't, random. Like, yeah. Basically. You know what it reminds me of is uh, Double Dare. Did you ever play that on yeah. Nintendo? Mm-hmm. The uh, physical challenges? Well, my favorite multiplayer <laughs> game on NES, uh, Jason Warsaw, when I'm the best thing I did for gaming was when I moved, when we became neighbors, because every system I had, he didn't have. But the ones, I mean, I'm sorry. The ones I had, he didn't have. But the ones I didn't have, he had. Yeah. So we just... Go back and forth. You know, when, when Mortal Kombat came out, I unhooked my Sega Genesis from my house, brought it over to his house, and went and rented it and played Mortal Kombat on <laughs> Genesis because it had the blood code. Yeah. A-B-A-C-A-B-B. Yeah. For the rest of my life, I'll remember that code. <laughs> sure, me too. Because uh, we were at Winn-Dixie and Walker, and like it was in a magazine before the game came out. It's like the blood code is A-B-A-C-A-B-B. And, like, we uh, both I sat remember. there staring at each other. A-B-A-C-A-B-B. A-B-A-C-A-B-B. Abacab. 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 All these hoops uh, games, they had instant replay. I don't remember, dude. I think, I think that's what they just showed was instant replay All the, that was uh, awesome the, the passwords we remember of course everybody knows the Konami code but uh, the, the Mike Tyson's punch out the fight Tyson Boom. I knew that code by heart what is it 007963 uh, jeez <laughs> Justin Bailey <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it might be like 3739 Justin Bailey Jason had skate or die and we played the crap out of the the dueling, very Best simple where you're in the half pipe. Just multiplayer moving. game was Contra. 
Oh yeah, I love Super. Well, Crunch. actually, I want to say Jason got or Super yeah, he, C. He actually, or we would always rent Double Dragon too, and play the crap out of it. And we almost got in a fight one time because like you could damage each other yeah. with that <laughs> hurricane kick, and like we'd be attacking a boss, and we'd kill one of us would kill each other. And then uh, I, actually, I'm just because when you talk about it, you remember shit. But uh, Battletoads, <laughs> like Battletoads, is really hard. Me and Jason right? were badass at that game until you get to the jet bike level. Yeah, that was. And tough. we like he like I would die all my lives halfway through it, and yep. then like I think maybe one time he got through. We were so like so elated that he made it, but like you know I'm dead. So he had to, then he died like within two seconds in the next level. But uh, there's such great memories. <laughs> what? What are you signaling over there? I just there? don't want people to be like wanting to listen. Oh, oh the uh, the review's done. We're just, yeah. we're just, just keep listening if you say. want to. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, here we go. So, okay. real quick. Uh, in the real world, Aliens came out July 18th, 1986. <laughs> we'll wrap up the Aliens scene. And if you want to hear the game stuff, you can keep listening. Uh, on there July 23rd, 1986, that's when Prince Andrew married Sarah Ferguson, making her the Duchess of York or whatever it was. You know, right now, he's the redheaded princess chick who was second fiddle of the princess die in the 80s. But then also, on the same day that Aliens was released, Run DMC released Raising Hell, which included the hit single, Walk This Way with Aerosmith. Uh, Bridging the gap, you know, forever foreshadowing the dark times of Limp Biscuit in the future <laughs> with Rap Rock and Kid Rock. and uh, Great album that was, but what it entailed in the future was not. So, okay, that concludes the discussion of Aliens. <laughs> and now there we're... was a giveaway. Oh, oh, you're right. Better do that, too. Uh, <laughs> so it, if you want to hear the... got off. He's like, oh, video games. <laughs> got to do it. We all love video okay. games established. Okay, but uh, yeah. Uh, whenever I have an extensive DVD collection, uh, and now that I'm married, of course, I take in Blu-rays out. Extensive isn't the word. Uh, I don't rebuy every movie I own on Blu-ray. I, I'm very selective now. Like, a movie that I want to have on Blu-ray, I want to watch in high definition. I really want to keep... Forever, I'll get it. But when I buy a movie like that, I then I used to uh, would either give my DVDs to somebody who wanted them. Like actually, the Alien when I got the quadrilogy on Blu-ray, I actually gave all four of those to Perry. Our friend Perry was on the Star Wars episode because he didn't have them at the time. But I would give them away or trade them in for cash at uh, Fye here in town. But uh, what I'm going to do instead now is when I get something on Blu-ray that I have on DVD, we're going to give away the DVD that I had on this show. Now, I'm a non-smoker. I'm immaculate with my stuff. It's like getting it brand new, believe me. I'm a, like my, my shit is tight, all right? <laughs> it's not strung out over the floor. I don't leave them out of their cases. I watch them. They go back in the case. My wife can attest to that. The first place I lived after I moved out from my parents was at Trey's, and I can vouch for everything he says. Yeah, so uh, actually for, uh, for this week, uh, and whenever I get one, we'll just give it away. Uh, with a contest of some random thing, but we're, this week I'm, we're going to be giving away Boondock Saints. It's the Ooh, steelbook case, nice. uh, director's cut, and regular edition, special edition, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Very nice for a DVD. I got the Blu-ray. It was on sale at Walmart for ten bucks, so naturally I picked it up at that steal of a price. And if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. It's not an '80s movie, but it's still awesome. Great performance by Willem Dafoe and Norman Reedus. I can still watch the Battletoads <laughs> footage while I'm talking. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, we're going to give that away, and here's. We and Danny were watching Aliens, and we were trying to think of ways to do this. So for this, we're going to do something different each time. But if you would like this copy of this DVD, all you have to do is answer this Aliens trivia question. Be the first one to email us. At 80sRevisited. Uh, 80sRevisited <laughs> at gmail.com. No apostrophe between the zero and the S. But here's the question. You know, this is pertaining to the special edition version of Aliens. So you really have to have seen it or know watch it to understand what's going on but in the added footage in the special edition there's a scene with some turrets and the turrets are running out of ammo and then at the very end of the sequence one turret still has so many shots left in it 
How many shots are left on turret C in Aliens? I know. Four. So, <laughs> Five. You you do not, you are un, you are uh, uneligible to win this prize, Jesse. Oh, sorry. But be the first one Damn. to, of course, correctly answer it and send us. Drop us a line. At yep. <laughs> and tell us your favorite 80s Ed. movie, too. Like, just mm-hmm. send us some stuff, and we'll mail it out to you as soon as we get a winner. Um, we'll announce it. Uh, we're actually doing our next shows pretty quickly, so within just a couple of days. So we'll probably just let this run for a little bit. Uh, and our, like Daniel, we were mentioning earlier, our next show will actually be Labyrinth. And I actually just got that on Blu-ray not too long ago, so we'll be giving away that DVD on our next show. So we'll have a couple of giveaways going. Uh, we'll keep them going until somebody gets it. Uh, if you if it proves to be too hard or nobody gets it, we'll redo it and do something different. Real, but, a quick okay. message about Labyrinth, what we're doing next week. Uh, I have seen that movie a lot, so this is one of those kind of sort of towards. Um, yeah, it's not a movie Willow version type. Yeah, episode, we we've but, both seen it. So it's a, uh, but I mean, it's one of those great '80s movies that we can talk a lot about, and oh, yeah. we'll get into that next week. So uh, we might shoot the shit a little bit more, but that's all the stuff pertaining to the main <laughs> meat of the podcast, uh, the contest again. How many bullets are left in Turret C on Alien Special Edition? You win the Boonock Saints on DVD, mailed out ASAP. You just send it to '80sRevisited at gmail.com. and of course, uh, don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the network that we mentioned and talked about too. So. We're going to talk about games now. If you just want to hear the 80s movie stuff, we'll catch you next week. <laughs> so anyway, we're watching the Battletoads stuff. Uh, I never played Battletoads. Really? Nope. It that was, was one of the few I never I saw it like, from like this double... This guy's knocking this level out, too. That's crazy. Yeah, he hasn't even like gotten hit or anything. What's, what do y'all mean by that? Like, well, okay, watch. You get hit a lot in this level. This is, this is, like, Battletoads <laughs> is one of those notoriously hard games. Okay. Of like yeah. all Silver time. Surfer. Yeah. But like, I mean, you, you miss one time, I think you die. Yeah. It's like you, you're, you're out. And you only have like so three lives. Yeah, I know much he's probably played this. Yeah. Well, it's one of those like muscle almost muscle memory yeah. type things. Like see look, look at I mean, that. That's crazy. Like you have to have like that rhythm. Good lord. And if he hits one time it's back way the F back. The bike yeah. sequence. I gotcha. And and, and this, dude, this is only level three, and there's like nine levels in the game. You see like what what do they call those runs in Mario? Speed runs. Speed, speed runs, runs, yeah. yeah. Oh, speed runs are so awesome to watch. These people have nothing else to do. Yeah. And it's just it's like an art. Going on. Uh, My wife will not give me a sip of her beer. I'm very parched from talking for an hour and so. Well, let's sign off then. <laughs> All right. Anything? Anything else? Well, that was a very. If you want to see, if you want to hear more game episodes, yeah. drop uh, drop an email. 80sRevisited at we gmail.com. Have, we have played our share. Believe me. Yeah. Yep. So it was a lot of fun this week. Um, it was it was cool actually. Watch, again, we watched Star Wars together, but it was fun watching. Yeah. It works out pretty good to actually watch them together. The only bad thing is I want to talk. We want to, both wanted to kind of talk about it after seeing. It. It's like oh, we got to wait <laughs> to talk mm-hmm. about it. But uh, yeah, again, if you haven't seen Aliens, check it out. Check, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with Labyrinth. Don't forget our contest. Don't forget our other great podcast on the Awesome Podcast Network. Drop us a line about anything. We appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. Anything else I left out, Daniel? I love you. Oh, I love you too. You're a good friend. You too, Jesse. Oh, chip off the old block over there. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week, I'm Trey Harris. I'm Daniel Sanangelo. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! At the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.